Praise the Lord. Let's give the lady another hand, everybody. <clears throat> Say, is this on? Is this on? I uh, like to tell you tonight, and I'll tell you again in the morning, I've had a good time in Vegas. My first trip here, and I must tell you that I've gotten great encouragement from many of you here. And then I <clears throat> bumped into somebody that I baptized back in 1954. 
think he's out there. Isn't he? Uh, are you there? Raise your hand, man. Yeah, there he is. Give him a hand there. Now you know I'm at home. When I heard he was in town, I said, Shipman, I got to see him. What were you, 15 or 16? What is it? 15. He was 15 when he was baptized, and he's still faithful. Give him another hand. Now, 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 I've got to move. I've got something to tell you tonight. You remember when I preached on hell? How can a man preach on hell and not preach on heaven? But uh, I got a little carryover from the hell fire sermon. I wrote a little allegory of what must have happened back there during the flood. When the Lord destroyed the earth by water. I give you a little boy who heard the story. And he couldn't believe it. So he had to check with the uh, certain wise people. Starts with a scientist. Mr. Scientist, do you believe what Noah's saying? World's going to be destroyed by water? Scientist says, no, you can't pay any attention to old Noah. The molecular composition of the atmosphere precludes the possibility of such an occurrence. At all the journals of science, there is no reference of anything but dewdrops, which provide sufficiency in moisture. But get old Noah, you don't know what he's talking about. Some little boy goes to the historian, said that Noah is out there saying it's gonna, it's gonna rain, and the earth will be flooded. Well, the historian says there's no history for such an occurrence. If there were, wouldn't I know? The historical record reveals no such thing. History tends to repeat itself. The annals of the ancients reveal no such thing. But the little boy still worried. He's heard Noah. He tries one more. Wise man, a philosopher. Sir, do you believe what Noah's saying out there about the destruction of the world by water? Philosopher says, this is the age of reason. Can you conceive of any rational rationality for such an occurrence? An inundation of the planet by water? I declare a surplus of H2O? That defies imagination. I imagine to ma imagine such an occurrence is a sign of sendility. The old man doesn't know what he's talking about. Suddenly there was a sound of peeling thunder. <laughs> Everything 
my coat off. I'm going to have some fun with these people in my coat. Go, 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 go. Get it from me, please. Uh, yeah, yeah, it feels good. I talk to them. I talk to them like, yeah. <laughs> so the brother says, no such thing. Suddenly there was a sound of pealing thunder and the frightening sight of forked lightning. Rain fell in uncheckable torrents. Men and animals fought for the high ground. Soon there was a sign of rising waters and the earth was destroyed by water as Noah had predicted. Now, wait a minute. Now, this was a foretaste of what's going to happen in the end of the world, except it won't be water, but fire next time. But the good news is nobody needs to be destroyed by fire just as nobody needed to perish by water. The messenger of, of Jehovah for over 100 years warned so-called smart men that God's got tired of your wicked ways. Angels in heaven done numbered your days. Of your evil deeds, God's done got tired. Got to go to judgment to stand your trial. And so it was. The waters rose. The animals fought human beings for the high ground. Soon the ark rested alone with living creatures in it. I talked to you about hell. That was the first hell. The second hell won't be water, but fire next time. Now, in between the two hells, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. I came to talk to you about heaven. People have been lying on heaven. They've been lying on heaven so long that I can't tell it all. But I'm going to try to unravel every lie you ever heard about heaven, about hell, lying about hell. Lied about hell. Correction. Lied about hell. Profane people tell you to go to hell. I got news for you. You don't have to take the trip. Heaven's coming. I mean, hell's coming to you. That's what we're going to learn tonight. Hell is coming to you. Malachi said, Behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all of the proud and all that do wicked shall be 
double the last chapter in Malachi. And the day that comes shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts. So hell is not a hole in the ground where the devil is roasting sinners and turning them over every thousand years and having them say, How long, O oh Lord? How long? Just as they've lied about him, and oh, by the way, they only lose this one. And you got people around here that'll tell you to go to hell. Well, you're not going to need to go to hell. Hell's coming to you. Amen in the house. But I bring you good news today. I want to talk about a city that had foundations whose builder and maker is God. Now that city is 375 miles from corner to corner. It lies four square. 375 miles from this corner to this corner. Then 375 miles from this corner to this corner. As if this is heaven. I'm using this illustration. And 375 miles from here to here. There are 12 gates to that city. Heaven is real. Heaven is with loving your neighbor for. Heaven is with having other gods before the God of heaven. Heaven is with cutting out lying and stealing and committing adultery. Because ain't none of that going to heaven. And heaven is worth braving the stares at human beings while you remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Did you hear what I said? You're going to find that heaven is cheap enough. Now, the next thing about it is this. There are 12 gates to the city. And over the gates are the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. So don't let anybody make you hate the Jews. Come on, darling. Because you serve a Jewish Savior. It better get on a Jewish diet. <laughs> These people have been telling you here. No pig eaters. The pig eaters are going to be too heavy to rise. Heaven is cheap enough. Now, now 
Now, it has 12 gates, and over the gates are the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. Okay. It has 12 foundation levels. And the Bible says, John saw the city, and this is what he says, the 12 apostles of the Lamb in the foundations. Question. Who's going to get there? Anybody waking up now? Who's going to get there? Well, Revelation tells me, 22.14, Blessed are they, say that everybody, that do his commandments, that they may have a right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gate into the city. I ask you now, who's going to make it there? Those who do his commandments. But somebody told me the commandments were nailed to the cross. So I got my Bible. And I said, can it be that John got mixed up when he looked into that city? And the only persons in there observed the commandments that the preachers tell you were nailed to the cross. Not all the preachers. But so many of them that it's hard to find one that'll tell you. You gotta remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Well now, who's gonna be in there? They that keep the commandments of God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. No idolaters are gonna get in. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images or anything that is in heaven above like it. In heaven above or the earth beneath or even the fish, the, the animals under the water. Nothing like that idolatry will get there. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. People that curse and swear cannot go there because they use words that blaspheme God. Quiet in here. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Thou shalt oh, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long. Disobedient children that won't obey their parents, they can't get in there. They wouldn't obey God. Children, if you're sitting out there, 
practice obeying mama and daddy. And you increase your chances of getting into this city that we're talking about. Now, so honor your father and your mother. And then, for heaven's sake, don't kill, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, and don't want to. Is that enough of that one? Did you hear what I said? If he's going to steal, then we'll have some pearly gates missing. If God lets you in that, am I talking to you? So, practice down here like you're going to live when you get in that. Oh, I, I, I missed one. Remember the only commandment in the Bible where the Lord stood that word in front of it. And I think I know why he did it. Because he knew that the Sabbath would come under attack by the most powerful political governments in the history of man. That those governments would even have what we call a Super Bowl. I went to the old Roman Colosseum, and that's why they had the Roman Super Bowl. But they weren't playing football. They weren't playing baseball. The sport of the pagan Romans was killing followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. They killed them by crucifixion while the mobs howled. And when a Christian fell beneath the sword of a gladiator, they would howl. I went into the Circus Maximus and the Roman Colosseum where thousands of Christians were crucified where thousands were hacked to pieces by gladiator. Caesar told them and he condemned them, and I'm talking Latin now, non lique esevas. You have no right to exist. But in the cages where the Sabbath keepers were, in the cages where the next wave of entertainers would come to be mauled and torn asunder by wild animals and shot to death by Though this was thousand years of years ago, 
My man took me back there. Guess what the poor Christians were saying in the cages just before they let them out there so the animals could eat them. The Christians were fighting to be next. Now let me back up. Let me. Now, now let me. And this is what history says they said. Let's show these pagans how to die, die, die. When we talk to you about obeying God, you must know that they crucified Peter upside down, the same Romans. The same Romans that changed the day of worship from Saturday to Sunday exiled John on the island of Patmos. Still is death in here, and I'm glad it is because you don't have the faintest idea how it was and how the change became so widespread. And while when you were born, your sincere Christian mother was sitting in church on the wrong day. She knew no better, and therefore she is saved. But to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. The Bible says to him it is sin. That's why we don't ever condemn what we don't know. Some of the best Christians in the world have had this truth hidden. They loved the Lord Jesus, but they never heard what you just heard tonight, that the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. You can't know that and keep on working on the Sabbath. That's what separates the men from the boys? If you can truthfully say, I am learning this for the first time. Thank your stars that somebody told you so that you could correct your course and become an example of the Peters and the Pauls and the Thomases and the Johns, and the Phillips. They were Sabbath keepers. Acts the 19th chapter. Paul tells you where he went on the Sabbath day. Into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. 
again and again. The followers of Jesus were Sabbath keepers. And Jesus himself, Lord have mercy, Luke 4, 16. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Where did you go last on the Sabbath day? The Apostle Paul made it clear that he would be a, in Romans 7, 12. He made it clear that the law in Romans 7, 12, which of course includes the Sabbath, was the law that he obeyed and that he kept. Wait a minute, quickly, quickly, quickly. So now we come to heaven in these last 15 minutes. That city lies four square. It is a city. In Revelation 21, 2, John said, I saw the holy city coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, uh, uh, prepared as a bride for her husband. You're going to go to the city, and then the city's going to come to you. Let's see what that means. You won't go when you die. I started to tell you this 12 minutes ago. Death is not the gates of endless joy in that city that has foundations. The last funeral you attended, you might have heard, Sister So-and-so is in heaven. The biggest lie you ever heard. Sister So-and-so is right in front of you there. All that there is of her, you write that. And Sister So-and-so can't move till the undertaker moves. And where the undertaker deposits her and reverently lets her go down, and they say dust to dust, ashes to ashes, you ought to know everything about her is in that casket. The soul that sinneth, Ezekiel 18:4, it shall die. It didn't say half die. When a man dies, he's dead. Psalms 111. His breath goeth forth. I'm reading. He returneth to his earth. And that very day his thoughts perish. When a person dies, he can't even think anymore. It's dead. No need of being afraid to stay in the room with him. They can't bother you. But that will come a day when the dead, First Corinthians, First Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, when the dead in Christ shall rise first. And it is then that you will be caught away to heaven. 
are you going to stay there? John says in the Revelation, they live, huh? With God, a thousand years. That's how long you're going to stay there. In that land that is fairer than they. But I got news for you. The Lord in conclusion never half does anything. You better watch this one. He never leaves anything dangling. Watch this. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, and time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal, bright and fair, when the saved of earth shall gather over on that other shore, and the roll is called up yonder. I plan to be there. How about you? So let me tell you how it's going to work because it's in your Bible. At the second coming of Christ, those who have served him and loved him and maybe died for him are going to be translated. This corruptible will put on incorruption, whether you're coming out of the grave or standing up when Jesus comes. You're going to need transformation. And we will be caught up together, the righteous living, if you're still alive when Christ comes, You'll be caught up with the righteous dead. Away, away, away to that city that hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Revelation chapter 20, verse 4, says you're going to stay up there a thousand years. You sing that song when I take my vacation in heaven. What a wonderful time that will be. One thousand years in heaven. Why? Because the earth is going to be desolate. And the devil, you better watch this, better watch this, something fresh. And the devil who promised those angels who followed him. You remember he fooled, he fooled one-third of the angels? Come on, sit up. You never heard this in your life. Sit up. He fooled one-third of the angels. During that thousand years, while you're in heaven, the earth is going to be covered with those who would not obey God. You got it? Wait a minute now. And the only live beings down here will be Lucifer and his angels. 
Listen, listen. Guess why he's going to be left down here with nothing to do. The wicked are dead. He can't tempt nobody. The righteous are going to be in heaven. He can't reach them. I'm headed to baby. I've got a blessing for you. Now, guess what? Lucifer has a thousand years to prove to those angels that he fooled. I know it. I know it. Never heard this in your life, but you can admit now. He's got a thousand years to prove to those angels that he fooled out of heaven. He told them, according to the prophet Isaiah 14, you know what he told those angels? I am a God. Yes, he did. And one third of the angels believed him. Now comes the moment of truth. Y'all I in heaven in my, in my sermon here. So he can't get to you now. The people that he tricked are nothing but dead bodies. Spread over the ends of the earth. And Lucifer and the angels that he out of heaven with him are the only living beings on this earth right now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Not that. Now? <laughs> Got happy in my hotel room this morning while I was thinking about this. I felt like shouting all over that hotel. I couldn't wait to get here to say this to you. Lucifer's got a thousand years to prove that he's a God. Huh? Dead bodies spread all over the earth. Jehovah knows what he's doing. He's going to take all of us. That's y'all and me. He's going to get us out of here. And we're going to live and reign with him. The 20th chapter of the book of Revelation says, a thousand years. Now, what's going to happen to poor Lucifer? The Lord says, all right, you've got the world. You got it like I had it. When I stepped out on a cloud and said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, Lucy, let me see you do it. Where's my man? Where's my man? Huh? Yeah. Shake anyhow. All the way. Let me see your hand, boy. Come on. Put it up there. Shake with me. All right. Did you hear what I said, y'all? One thousand years, Dr. Ross, to prove that the 
that cost all of those one third of the angels all of the food and now the earth is desolate the wicked are And the Lord says, I give you a thousand years. You know what one of the Old Testament prophets said? He said those angels looked narrowly at him. I, I, I almost did a dance. Them boys, those angels, were now awake. If Lucifer was telling the truth, he'll say, let us make man. In our own image, in the image of God, created he them. But now is the moment of truth, and he is no creator. So he says, rise. Somebody listen. <laughs> Give me my handkerchief, doctor. Uh, did you hear me back? Somewhere. Yeah. Reaching up. I don't know. Rise! Nobody heard him. The wicked are dead. And he cannot resurrect them. Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, and they gazed narrowly on him. You know what that means? Them, them angels don't believe him now. And they just might turn on him. <laughs> you cheated me out of heaven. I'm talking for, for the poor angels that followed him. You cheated me out of heaven. Now Lucifer make one green leaf. Sit up, sit up. Give it to me, sister. Sit up, sit up. Make one green. Have you tried it already? That's why them, that's why crazy spiders couldn't kill you, son. <laughs> Get my hand in here. Come on, man. Try to kill this woman. Lucifer, we followed you. He fought with you in heaven. They, they're jumping on him now. You misled us. Lucifer said, no, no, no. no. Give, me, give me a chance here. Give me a chance. <laughs> Guess what? He says, y'all stay over here, and I'm going beyond that mountain. And when I call, y'all come over. Do you know what Isaiah says? <laughs> Isaiah said, they gazed narrowly at him. Now, you know what that means. All right, if you, you get to arguing with your wife and she stops talking, I get out of there, brother. <laughs> Am I talking to him tonight? All right, brother. So Isaiah says that when the devil tried to talk to them under those circumstances, they gazed 
which meant they were getting dangerous. You done cheated us out of heaven. So guess what? There's just a little more here. And Lucifer goes to the other side of the mountain. And then he calls, Come, my children! Look at what I've done! As they fly up on the mountain and look down through the valley, they see nothing but green grass as far as the eye can see. Suddenly, they ought to give a shout when one of them gets down and feels the grass. It's artificial turf. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He can't even make a flower. In conclusion, it pays to serve Jesus. All that I've said to you, I draw a line like a mathematician. And I want to show you, under that line is only one thing. It pays every day. And if you want to stretch it a little bit, just say it pays every step of the way. Now the pathway to glory may sometimes be dreary. My God, my God, let me pray for this water right now. Close your eyes. Spirit of the living God, we know you're in this room tonight. We know you've been in here every night. And you know, we know that you have changed, gloriously changed lives. And that there are men and women sitting in this room who have decided to climb Jacob's ladder. Whatever it takes, it pays to serve Jesus. It pays every day. I want you to bow your head. I want to pray with you now. Because someone is trying to make a decision about himself, herself. And it should have been made already. My God, my Lord, my Father, which art in heaven, I ask you to get graciously near to every man and woman in this room who is pondering the step to take tomorrow. Help them to know that they have heard the truth and it is the truth that makes us free. Give them the courage of their convictions. Rebuke
the devils, the demons that would get in their way and impede their progress. Oh my God, give them the strength and the grace to follow you all the way. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, you should have a card in your hand. Pardon me. I should have had them before now. Anyway, let's do it as fast as you can, people. And I, I, I want to know if there is anything we can do to help you make this decision. You talk to this man of God, and we will do all that we can. But tomorrow, there will be a baptism in this room. Please keep that cards now. Would you carry that on from the corner? If you don't have a card, raise your hand. I'd like to give it anybody. All right, put your name and address on it. I'd like to ask you to put that X there. It says it pays to serve Jesus. And I'm going with him all the way. Spirit of God, hear our prayer. Give strength and courage to those in the valley of decision. Give them the encouragement and the faith that they need for this moment. Help them to know that the voice that talks within them is superior to the voice that is talked from outside them but that what I have done is delivered your message to their hearts. Put an X on that card saying, I intend to go all the way with the Lord. And we will give him glory, honor, and praise now and forever. Amen. All to Jesus, I surrender. Amen. Can we just sing softly, chorus? You know that. daily live. preached his heart out night after night. He's given us another beautiful message straight from the Lord of God.
As we've said before, these messages are not just for show, just to hear, to have a nice time. The idea is that something will happen in our lives and we'll all be better. And we have let you keep these cards instead of collecting them because we want, if you're not already baptized unto the Sabbath of all truth, we want you to put an X there. And by the way, if you don't have a card, you may raise your hand. If you don't have a card, we have them ready for you. I take it you have them already. Tomorrow when we go to the baptism, there will be dozens of people baptized. There will be dozens who will be baptized. Young people, young men, young women. I was baptized when I was 12. Others are baptized even a little earlier. We don't baptize in Christian babies, but when a child reaches the age of accountability, the parents feel it's all right. We baptize children generally 10 or more. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, Cleveland told us about the Christian being torn apart. But Christ himself was torn while the mob was howling. The demons ravaged him, tore his flesh, beat him with the cat of nine tails, beat him, lacerated, pulverized his tender flesh. He did all that. He allowed all that. He came from heaven to glory, from glory to this earth that he might redeem us and take us back with him one day. If you love him enough, to even declare before men and angels that you will follow him all the way. Meaning be baptized unto the Sabbath truth. You put an X there. We're going to collect these cards right now. Ushers, start on your way. Pass your cards to the aisle, but you put your X there. If you did it last Sabbath, we already had it. You want to reaffirm it, it's all right. Wednesday night, you can reaffirm it. But if you didn't do it, now's the time. Tomorrow, all you need to do is bring your clothing that you don't mind getting wet. We'll have a robe for you. And if we see your name and we note this is your first time, we'll visit with you. We'll talk with you and make sure you fully prepared, fully understand. If you have any questions, just remain after the meeting. I'll remain up in the front here with others. Don't forget, the service tomorrow starts at 11. There'll be a study period at 9.30, but the main service starts at 11 sharp. That'll be the baptism ceremony. All those being baptized, you will meet in the room right adjacent, the overflow room to my right. You may come in at 10.30. We want you to be there. What time is that, everybody? 10.30, all of you in the baptism. Please be in this room right next to us here at 10.30. You can have access to the hallway there. And we'll have you with your final instructions and fully prepared. The ladies will be taken care of by our deaconesses. The men by the deacons. And we'll have all things done, thank you, decently and in order. 
We're looking forward to this as being a highlight of the year. We know that some of you have invited your family and friends, and that's wonderful. We want them to be here as well. Shall we all stand now? And if you need on one of those special gifts that we gave you, explaining who changed the Sabbath or tried to, they have them at the door. And if you miss that, you may get one. Or if you want an extra one, I think there are a few more there. Let's sing. In my heart, in my heart, said the great In my heart, in my heart, sin a great revival. Teach me how to watch and pray and to read the Father in heaven, as we leave this place of worship, we thank you for the word. May it be a seed in good soil. May we have safety on our journey home. Bring us back tomorrow for the baptism service. May there be no one left out whom it is thy will should be baptized tomorrow. Prepare us also for next week for Sunday night and marriage and divorce and other sermons during the week. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the fellowship. We thank you for the word. Most of all, we thank you for Jesus, whom we love and we follow. Let all the people say, Amen. God bless you. We'll see you in the morning. Travel safely.
also. 